This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Here we are, Bradford versus Barrow, pre-game chat. And I am joined by the lovely Diana. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Come on, Diane. I'm here. There oh, we okay. go. I'm having trouble today. Oh, see that dial-up internet connection you're using again? Yeah, it's goofy sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Bradford City versus Barrow tomorrow, 3 o'clock p.m. kickoff. And the referee is David Webb. So, looking at Mr. David Webb's stats, he's only refereed in the championship. And it seems that it has given out a grand total uh, in 11 appearances, dished out 45 yellow cards and one red card. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell indeed. Oh, yeah. Excuse my language. <laughs> so, like, we've got uh, an extreme swear word thing on here, so what if it goes out? Right, so since 31st of October 2020... Bradford City have lost 1-0 against Barrow. 30th of January 2021, they won 2-1 versus Barrow. 18th of September 2021, they drew 1-0 Barrow. 1st of January 2022, it finished Barrow 1, Bradford 2. The 6th of August 2022, Barrow 3, Bradford City 2. 18th of February, Bradford City 0, Barrow 1. So, Miss Diane, what is your thoughts on the game tomorrow i think we're going to win it because like i said on monday you want it's going to be new manager syndrome isn't it we're all going to want to win it they'll want to play for him and to keep the places in the team so i think i think we'll come out and win it okay and what formation do you think he will play i'm not hopefully he'll play 
I'm not quite sure at all. It'll, I think he'll probably play two up front, four at the back. I'm trying to work out now midfield, and then four in midfield. Or it might sort of like do about. Why am I using my hand now? Nobody can see me. Or it might do three and one. You never know what he's going to play. But I think I might... get yeah. Do we need to get your abacus out for you? Yeah. Oh, you're all right. I'm all right. I've just, I've been working. I've worked it out, yeah. And Harry and Goal, obviously. So I've got me 11 players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry and Goal. So, so, Bradford City are currently 16th in the league. And we're minus four goal difference. And Barrow are 8th in the league with, uh, with four Goal difference and on 25 points. So what's your thoughts on the manager, Diane? I think he's going to do well. I've seen some of the interviews that he's he's done and I think he's done really well with the interviews, what he's saying that he's going to be doing and everything. And when they've shown the bit about him doing the training as well, he has been there on the pitch telling the lads what to do as well. I've only just seen like little bits of it. And I think Chris, whatever he's called, Luke it, I think he's going to be a good assistant manager to him as well. Okay. Uh, so with the uh, with the teams and stuff, yeah. do you think, who do you think he will pick I was, in the team? Do you know, I was thinking about this on my way home from work walking. Obviously, Harry and Goal, if you don't pick Harry, I'll be falling out with him. You know me. Um, probably Brad, Brad Halliday, Sam Stubbs, might do Matty Platt, and then Rydal on the where they are. Um, Jamie, Gilead, and Smallwood. And that's eight, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's eight. And then probably Cookie up front, either Pointing or Smith with him. I've got that right, I know, yeah. I've counted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping he plays 4-4-2 with the team. Yeah. Uh, just like looking over his stats and stuff. Uh, he like, apparently he likes playing 4-4-2. Yeah. So let's just have a look at Graham Alexander's. So, Graham Alexander. Uh, where are we? So he's managed Preston as assistant manager, Fleetwood manager, Scunthorpe manager, Salford manager. Motherwell, MK Dons, and now Bradford. Yes. Just trying to see if it sees anything what he likes. Oh, he says his preferred formation is 4 3 3 attacking. Yeah, that'll be good. If he does 3 attacking. Because at least, at least then we've got somebody up front to help cook it. 12 Andy Cook. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm just trying to see some if. Any team news, not team news, yeah, see if there's any team news or anything out, so bear with me. Messages, no, notifications. Let's try to see if we can find anything on the internet. I tried to have a look, but I couldn't get into it in a bit. Like I can't enter DNA. No, I don't so look, subscribe. Uh, no, me neither. Yeah. Come on. Right. Um, there's actually nothing. 
Let's have a look on Dionair. Um, sports. Badminton. Badminton's. Right. Here we go. Bantam's opponents. Oh, actually, no, we've got some. Uh, Bantam's vast barrow possible lineups. So, according to Tina and from Nathan Atkinson, uh, he's going for Harry Lewis, Holiday, Matty Platt, Sam Stubbs, Liam Ridehall, Kevin McDonald, Smallwood, Gilead, Jamie Walker, Tyler Smith, Andy Cook. Platt could replace Taylor in the back four, while Alexander could go for experienced midfield in order to complete a possible front two of Cook and Smith. Leading top goal scorer is Andy Cook. And he's thinking the Barrow team would be Paul Farman, uh, Farman, Farm, Chester, Ray, Neil Caravan. He'll be coming back if he's in the oh, team. Yeah. David Worrell, Cotts, Campbell, Spence, Elliot, Newby, Dam Tolford, who used to play for Crawley. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Emil, I can't even pronounce that. Uh, so former Bantam striker Jamie Proctor could make the squad after making a comeback from injury in last weekend's FA Cup. Also, Ben Whitfield, who is on the Barrow bench, he's been I think linked with Bradford a couple of times, yeah. and a former I think I think he used to be round at Bradford. I'm not hundred percent sure. And then one to watch, young midfielder Robbie Gotts closing on a hundred appearances for Barrow, having made his debut for Boyhood Club. Leeds, almost like a swear word on here, in the FA Cup against Arsenal in 2020. Uh, oh, bloody hell. Uh, so the referee, the man in the middle this weekend, is County Durham, David Webb, who's refereed 11 championship games this season, but none in League Two. So I don't know if League Two is a punishment for him. He has handed out 45 yellow cards, just one red to the QPR Asthma Beckenoff, oh my god, I'm crap at pronouncing names. In the dire moments, 1 0 defeat to Leeds. His last game in charge of City was back in 2018 when he oversaw a goalless draw for Simon Grace inside at home to Shrewsbury Town in the League One. Yeah, I think he might have been demoted because if he's done something wrong at Championship, it's like you're going down to League Two. So it sounds like he's been demoted. Yeah, looks like he's getting. Yeah, looks like he's been demoted, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. All right, two seconds. So, Diane, have you got any more thoughts on the game? No, just hope it. I hope that we all get behind the boys and Graham Alexander being his first match, and it's going to be a good crowd there and everything. So, I think there's going to be a better crowd than last week. Cause yeah, because it's it's his first game in, in charge. Yeah. The manager, it's Graham Alexander's first game in charge. So hopefully the fans will come out in force. Yeah, I know my mate that went there last week. They're coming, but um, but she had some stuff on last week. But yeah, she's coming tomorrow. But the season ticket holders anyway. So, but yeah, I'm just going to log in onto the website and see how it's looking. Do you like for seat sales? Yeah. So on Fahub, yes. When it kicks into action, I have gone for 
Uh, Lewis, Rydor, Holiday, Platt, Stubbs, Poynton, Gilead, Smallwood, Smith, Cook and Walker. That is my starting 11. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been to where I sit in the court, but there's only 11 seats available. So it looks like it's quite a lot of people then have booked or started to get tickets and then come to watch the game. Yeah, yeah it's all saying limited availability. So it should be a good crowd. So looking at some a couple more stats, this is from the man in seat 67 on Twitter, slash X, whatever yeah. it's called now. Bobby Poynton has 97 chances created, 78 passes accuracy, 85% touch, 95% aerial duels won, and 51% defensive actions. So he's he's proper he's a proper diamond in he in the rough. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, Charlie, have you got anything you want to say, bud? The AK the Paraders. I've sent you a request if you want to accept it or if you're just happy chilling. So, looking at other bits and bobs on social media. Oh, so it's like Graham Alexander wants the crowd to be happy and lively for his upcoming game. Yeah, that'll be good. Hi. Hello, Charlie. Welcome. Hi, how are you doing, mate? I am... Um, Getting there, mate, yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I'm a bit under the weather today, but, you know, who cares? No, you haven't got COVID, have you? Know. I don't know. I had it before, and this is worse than it, you know. I got lucky yeah. when I had COVID, but, yeah. Anyway. I had it last year, and I don't want it again, but I feel like I'm getting a cold again. Yeah, there's a nasty cold going around at the moment, yeah. proper chesty cough. Definitely. So what's your thoughts on the game, Charlie? Um, I think if I'm Graham Alexander... I, I see like a fan base that needs exciting and also a fan base that he probably wants to try win over as soon as possible. Uh, so I think he'll proper go for it. He'll proper go for it tomorrow. That's why I think. I think we'll see see a lot of effort. I think we'll be very direct. I think we'll be very attacking. I don't know how well the lads maybe cottoned onto that. You know what I mean? They might still be learning what he wants them to do, so they might not do it the best and we might not win. But I think we'll see a massive, massive change in mentality. What formation do you think you'll go for? Oh, I don't know, you see. Because he likes his four four two or his four two 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 or his two four two two or whatever. He has different ways of doing it. But he might even I, I think he'll do four four two just because that's most similar to what we've done, because we do like the four two three one at the moment. I think he'll he'll try to do a four four two just because that's it's you know it's a basic formation that and it it's something that they can easily learn. But I don't I don't know I don't know what he's going to do I don't know what players he's going to pick. Uh, I think Cookie and Smith are going to start. I'll do a predicted lineup anyway. I think Cookie and Smith are going to start, and then I think he'll do either Walker or Chapman and Poynton. Then Gilead and Smallwood sitting deep, and then the traditional back four that we're all used to. Hmm. Uh, because I, I hope, like, same. I hope we go four four two tomorrow. 
and just give some players just take the chains off. Yeah, give them give him a bit of uh, possession and just fight for the team. It's like looking at a couple of things on social media. Bear with me, scrolling up. Um, where are we? So from this is Jamie Rayner, uh, pre-Barrow chat with Brad Halliday. GA's appointment has brought life to the club. One-to-one -one chat and his caretaker period brought the squad closer together. Barrow's defeat at VP last season was discussed. So it looks like he's dragged them all in, hasn't he, and had a, a fairly chat about with them. Yeah. I, I, I think he, he's been having one-to-ones and I think he's aware that there's, you know, there's some players that... I think he's pointed out that the squad's a bit too big for his liking. You know, he wants a bit more of a tighter squad and he thinks there's, you know, probably a few players that he'll get rid of. But at the same time, he has said that um, he's glad that it's big because now he can come in and he's got a lot of choices and a lot of people to work with. It's not like he's stuck with a set starting eleven, he can sort of play around with what he finds best. Cause I think the squad is too big anyway. Yeah, I, th I think it's too big. I think I think we've got a couple bits of talent, but there's you know, it, say every player in the squad was like brilliant. It's just too many. Do you know what I mean? It, it's like we're not going to be able to play them all, and these these players on loan, some of them are going to get sacrificed, stuff like that. It, it's difficult, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we've got some... There might be a lad that we, we didn't think were good and he's um mm. he's seen him and thought, yeah, I like him and maybe maybe whoever it is might come in and, you know, look a totally different player. Stuff like that happens all the time with managers, doesn't it? So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of things he tries, what he sees in the players, you know, and, and what he wants them to do. So looking at the team all together, we've got Harry Lewis, Do uh, Colin Doyle and Heath Richardson, Halliday, Rydall, Taylor, Platt, Stubbs, Hendrick, Kelly, Ossidina, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, then we've got uh, OK from Bra uh, Brentford, yep. uh, Rowe, Dawson, Richardson, and then Jonathan Tonkins on loan. We've got Smallwood, Walker, Ossidebe, uh, Patterson, Gilead, Odor, East, Chapman, Kevin McDonald, Freddie Jeffries, and Andy Cook, Tyler Smith, Oliver Poynton, Daniel, or Dylan, you know, Bombay, whatever you can pronounce his name. Oh, you go, okay. Derbyshire, yeah, I can't pronounce names for shit, mate. Derbyshire, Young, Adam Wilson, Ryan, Ryan Tuluk, and, oh my God, these are getting worse. Kistom O'Connor? She's a mafoka. I can't pronounce, mate. I'm, I'm d dismal. So who would you get rid of out of them? Like, I know obviously we've got loans in, so if you get rid of the loan players, but who would you get rid of? I don't, see, the thing is, and I feel I might be in the minority here, but I feel like there's a, a fair there's a lot of these players where we've not seen enough of them, and 
what we have seen, they've been all right. Like Tulloch scored, um, scored. I think he scored and assisted at Newport. He definitely scored. Um, so maybe I'd keep, but the, keep him. But I think the, we've got what Tulloch, Afoka, um, Odwa. But I, I'd keep him just because he's the sort of player that um, he can play on the wing or in midfield. So I think. Alexander would like him, but like Afoka, Tulloch, and I feel like there's more that I'm forgetting. I feel like Hughes has brought them in just because I think Hughes brought them in as a panic because he realised his system won't work in and he'd need a few wingers. You know, that's that's the way I see it. You know, because we didn't we didn't have Chapman at the start of the season, and then, and when Chapman's ready, Chapman's ready. Walker, I, I I'd keep him. Some people don't think he's good enough, but you know, I, I still like him. Me. Um, the back line. I like the back line. I think we've got good depth in the back line, but I can also see how, like, um, you know, how people might think we've got too many defenders. We've got Kelly. We've got Kelly and Taylor, and then we've got a spare right back and a spare left back. Um, but I like I like having Kelly and Taylor because it allows us to switch to maybe a bit more of a mostly physical sort of approach to the game when we need to, you know. If if they're if they've not got the fastest players and stuff like that, for example, we can use them. But no, it's I don't know who I'd hound out. I think maybe it, I won't I won't care if we lost the loans that we've got. I won't care at all. Um that's mm. not to say they've been bad. I just feel like we've not seen enough of them for me to be bothered. Um well, yeah, Oyegoki. I think he's overhated, but he isn't. He's still not the best, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't mind if yeah. he went, but he's an option. Um, Osadibi, yeah, I wouldn't bat an eyelid if he went. Apart from that, I do like a lot of the players in the in the team, though. It's like uh, the great name, the Scrapman, posted uh, messages underneath some. Could be good, I feel. Not many have try, uh, try, tried long in, enough to give judgment on. So there's a few players there who've probably missed out or just couldn't get in the team. So under Graham Alexander, I think he's going to give them a chance. Yeah. And if they do shit, then they've gone. They've gone in January. Uh, he said he wants a smaller squad. So I think like under, tell me if I'm wrong, but under Derek Adams, I think we had a squad of 24 or 25. Are you sure? I feel like we had oh, a tiny so squad though under him. Yeah, no, I, I can't, that's what I'm trying to say. We had a small team, didn't we? But I can't yeah, remember, I can't remember how many Derek we Adams. had. How many, how many do we have right now? All together, including players on loan, on out loan. Yeah, yeah, counting them. players So really we've got three starting elevens worth of players. Is that including the youth though as well or is that just That's including that's that's including the youth, players out on loan, players in on loan. So we've got quite a big score. So you don't have to count them again, don't worry. But I discount youth. Um, 
And then, but we still, if you think of all the players we've got on the bench, they're still players who you could sort of see starting sometimes, you know, maybe you don't think they're good enough to start, but you know what I mean? Like, say Osadibi's on the bench and then the next game he starts, nobody's going mental saying they didn't expect it. You know what I mean? That There's like players going in and out and rotating and that's a good thing, don't get me wrong, because we've got squad depth and we can approach games differently, but it, I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of players who aren't going to get their chances, especially young loan players who are here to develop and get game time and experience. They might not get that here at the moment because there's just, you know, there's too many players and we might need someone, you know, youth players can be brilliant. We all saw like Tyreek Wright and um, Scott Banks last season, but at the same time, they're also lacking at times, you know, in the most respectful way possible. Like they're just a bit too raw and they don't look quite ready. But that's that being said, I, I've not seen enough of them, you know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's like uh, last season when we had Tariq Wright, Banks and Klishlow. Yeah. All fantastic players. Bossing it and now the... I think uh, Banks is out injured in it. Yeah, but he's in correctly. Germany's second division, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. What's that? Is what's that like? Equivalent of is it like equivalent of Valley? He's, he's probably he's probably or? like League League One ish. Do you know what I mean? But the the there'll be play there'll be teams at the top of that league that are you know probably similar to Championship teams. It, I don't really know how the league league works over there, but he's in Germany. Uh, I don't know how good a club he's at, but yeah, we, he's not had a chance to do anything really. I was going to say I've just counted Derek Adams' squad. There were twenty three. There were twenty six players or twenty three players when Derek Adams oh. were here. That were first team. Yeah. So did you say twenty three? Sorry, Diane. Twenty three or twenty five, something like that. You know me, I can't count today. Yeah, you can't count. You, yeah. you need you need your abacus out against that calculator. Yeah, it's about that, about in 20s. <laughs> so about, should we say, just call it 24, yeah. round, round yeah. it up roughly there. So 24 in a team compared to like 34 in a team. So that's saying that managers, obviously from like Derek Adams to Mark Hughes, Derek Adams didn't like a big squad. Mark Hughes loved a big squad. Yeah. But now it's gone to... Graham Alexander, who has now somehow some miracle need to work with these players yeah. and kick them up their ass and get them winning. And the, our scrapman's replied, I think we should reserve judgment until we see these players playing under Alexander. Agree with you there, scrapman? Yeah, I agree as well. I mean, it's like, Definitely. I'm trying to think of examples with Hughes. I mean, Cook, Cook was scoring before Hughes, but you know what I mean? The difference between... Uh, players, but sometimes they'll, they'll just be a player. They'll, they'll they'll just be a player who you don't think anything of, and then bang, someone comes in and changes everything. It's so strange. It. Do you think we'll get the managers bounce tomorrow? Are you like we'll win the game, or yep. do you think it'll just? Like, mm. I, I do think we'll I think win, we but the, I mean, a lot of managers and players say that new manager bounce isn't a thing, even though I I I think it is. I think. What the team will find is they'll be extremely motivated. Were it Halliday or were it Smallwood? I think it was Halliday that came in and said that Alexander's already changed the feeling. And I know that's the bog standard sort of stuff you hear when a new manager comes in somewhere. 
but I believe he will have changed the atmosphere around the club and around the lads right now and I think that's exactly what we need Yep, definitely uh, It's like someone's well, where have I just seen that tweet? Uh, so it looks like someone's put where is it? About Smith uh, I can't find it now But you're on about Smith From the in that training video It actually showed him like Oh there you go So from This is from TM uh, Just watching the inside Inside first day Good to see T Tyler Smith out there Working hard Hope he gets his chance soon Finishing looks sharp Yeah I watched that video just before I came on uh, Smith, and I also noticed I'm, I couldn't hundred percent tell, but it might have been uh, Alex Patterson, who I, I saw in the background. Oliver's there now. Oliver played in one of the games that they played. I think they, they will have had like a five aside or something like that. Um, he um, he were on one of those, so he's been playing in training. So it, it is looking good. I'd, it'll be a while before Oliver, obviously. We're, you know, still. So in your vid the video you posted out, am I watching Ash Taylor or Ronaldinho? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to play this now, but you just look at the scale. He just he just skims him. He just oh, it's, if anyone get you sent on on the hashtag and you'll see it. But I've got it. Oh. I don't like Ash Taylor. I'm going to say it as it is. Uh, you'll like him. You'll like, like him, him when he starts doing that though tomorrow. Yeah, but knowing our luck, he'll do that and give it away. <laughs> and then they'll end up storing from it. It would just... I'm, yeah, I don't want to get involved, but Ash Taylor, I don't think he should be anywhere near at first team anymore. Unless he goes and scores a bullet edit tomorrow. See, or scores from a corner or something tomorrow. That's where I disagree, because I think Ash Taylor, he's, obviously his technical ability and his on-the-ball ability is quite poor. But just... just just his build and like his physique, I think he just, you know, like Wrexham, if you're playing against someone who's probably going to lump it up and try edit in, Ash Taylor's your man. You know, that's not to say that Ash Taylor starts every week for me. If I had to, if I had to choose one player to keep and one player to not keep, Ash Taylor's going. But at the same time, that's just because of how good Stubbs is for me um, and, and Platt. But I think Taylor is a good player under the right circumstances for me. Looking at Taylor though, do you think he's just in the team though for his long throws? I genuinely knowing Hughes, I think that's exactly why they signed him because I think he wanted to do a back three um, and thought, yeah, he's a centre half. We need more centre halves. We can play more direct now because he can throw it into the box. But I think in th like the way Crawley play, for example, I hated Ash Taylor after that game. But Crawley play like the sort of football that you do not put Ash Taylor up against because he's he's not the fastest, you know. He's you know what I mean. Whereas, yeah, say Critchlow, for example, he was good with his feet. He 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 was running around. He'd drive up forwards. Ash Taylor's essentially just a big wall, and sort of not not necessarily just a wall. That sounds a bit disrespectful. But, like, he's there for the physical side of things. He can use his body to guard the ball and, you know, stuff like that. I I, I do think he's 
got a lot that a lot to offer. It's just about using him at the right time. So going back just quickly to Tariq Wright, Scrapman again is uh, looking at Tariq Wright. He was shite at Salford, and Hughes got him firing. Now he's at Plymouth. He's not doing as good. Good manager can get the best out of some. But on about Tariq Wright, I heard a rumor about apparently he got substituted. Gave some very polite hand gestures to his own fans, and apparently he's not even in the team out really? anymore now. Mm, that's yeah. what a rumor I, did, I heard. I didn't, I didn't know from. that, but um, what I did know was that yeah, the fans they already hate him. Know that the, the fans aren't um, the biggest fans of Tyreek Wright. Um, they really don't like him. I've seen people saying, "Oh, get him gone or sell him in the summer." And it's, you know, it just makes me feel bad because he, he was so exciting to watch for us. So exciting. Was, and he'd yeah. be so good at the club right now. He's the kind of player we need. And it it does it does upset me a fair bit, you know, to see a player like that. But at the end of the day, if a League Two club tries to sign you and then a League One club yeah. that's about to go to the Championship, if they sign you... um then you're going to go for them, you know? Yeah. So it's like looking... So moving on now from the Bradford versus Barrow game. So I know we've gone off it already, but I'm moving on anyway. So in January, I know we've gone over it a little bit earlier, who do you reckon we need to improve the team? And do you reckon it's going to be Graham Alexander who would do it? Do you rec Or do you reckon that It'll stick with Gent, or do you reckon someone else will come in like a director of football? Uh, I think they'll stick with Gent for now, but they'll probably have a view of um, replacing him. Also, can I add uh, the independence groups in here? So, hello. I like I like what you're doing. Uh, I like you seem very neutral, which I like. You let people give their um, opinions. I suggested the idea myself. Um, about doing a Twitter space for people to discuss it politely. I don't know if you'd be a better person to do that. Um, I'm just suggesting it because I think it'd be a good idea and I'm not bothered if it's me who hosts it or you. Uh, I think it'd be better if it were you. And I would like, I, I do think the fans need somewhere to sort of discuss things. But yeah, sorry, tangent for oh, me. But oh, if you want to put a request in board. Yeah. Tell us what you're yeah. here for, because I know I know you've become active. I know you've been about on social media for a while. Uh, I've been keeping an eye out on stuff on social media for you, uh, like looking at what you're posting and stuff. So if you if you've got time or you want to have a speak today, uh, I'm going to say it, just shoot from the hip and tell us what you want to hear from the fans. So if you want to put a request in, put a request in, and and we'll. Just like your chat, really. If you want to go, if you want to speak anything, or if you just want to stay there and listen, it's completely up to you, bud. So, with the club, cause we've, uh, do you reckon Roop, what do you reckon the problem is with the club as well? So, I think the main problem with the club for me is the lack of... Oh. Am I alright? Can you hear me? It's boring. Yeah, can I right, so, um, the the main problem for me with like the the uh, club at the moment is 
there might be one on the inside, but from what I've seen, it doesn't feel like there's any structure or plan or identity in place. Uh, I feel like, oh, oh, the uh, guy's in as a speaker now. I'll I'll keep going anyway. Um, I, I don't feel like there's any identity at the club at the moment or like a plan or structure for a plan. Uh, there might be, but I don't think there is from, you know, because I've not seen anything about it. And I appreciate things could be going on behind the scenes that I don't know about. That's fair enough. Um, but to me, the plan constantly seems to be get out of League Two, get out of League Two. And that's fine. That's fine because we all want that. But I also think, what what do we want to be as a club? What do, what do we want our identity to be? You know, for example, as... Um, Forest Green, on a more radical example, Forest Green's identity is to be like a carbon neutral, environmentally friendly football club. What's what's our identity? What are we gonna, what are we going to be about? That's what I feel like the biggest problem is uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll let the the guy speak now. Anyway. Yeah. So what? Uh, welcome, Bradford City fans. Independence. The shop floor is yours, mate. Shoot from the hip. Hi guys, first of all, uh, I'm Steve, um, and I'm known as Bantam1873 on uh, Twitter, so some of you might already follow me. Um, We've uh, formed this group uh, quite a while ago now, but we've kind of kept quiet um, just to really see how things were going, because there was not really anything that we could pursue at that point, and the reason we put this together was a couple of people... um, you know, mentioned that they have lost a little bit of faith in the supporters group who, you know, I think done some good things uh, and felt that there wasn't a good enough conduit to the club in terms of, uh, you know, things that need to be changed, you know, things not working in the stadium, all those sort of things. And we don't really want to cause any hassle to anybody, um, but we do want to see fans represented uh, because they pay a lot of money across the board and many fans have, have followed Brad for a long, long time, myself included. And so what we tried to do was set up an independent fans space, I suppose, where all opinions are welcome because that's one of the things we've seen as well is that you know people get their opinions shot down just because it doesn't go with the status quo. Um, and for many, many, many months, um, years, you know, Ryan Sparks has been, you know, has been lauded for what he's done. But I think that over the last, I'd say, 12 months, there has been cracks starting to appear in as fans have become frustrated. I don't think that the on-field performances have helped. Um, but then we, you know, the things like the logo, the membership, the loyalty point system, and I, I personally felt that, you know, these are things that the supporters board should have gone after to challenge the club on. I don't think there's anything wrong in constructively challenging the club on behalf of supporters on things that affect the, the, you know, them. So we've tried to we've tried to basically kind of remain neutral. You know, there's obviously lots of differing opinions. Some people have described the fan base as divided right now. Um but I think that you know there has to be a conduit where, and an effective conduit where fans can actually kind of express, you know, constructive criticism, 
that the club then has an opportunity to act upon. Um, I'm not into kind of personally insulting people like Ryan Sparks, etc. Nor uh, you know, any of us uh, wanting to do that. I think that the guy has a very, very difficult job. Very difficult. But I have to question, you know, why, you know, uh, we've we've got a club that was, when Rupp was in charge, was, you know, basically challenging for the championship. And we've seen, you know, factually, we've seen decline. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of plan or nothing that's related to supporters to address that. You know, and when we look at, people like Stockport County, and, and that's been mentioned today in the poll that I ran and the comments in there, that, you know, Stockport County have had like a seven-year plan, which the club is literally, everything revolves around that plan. And you can start to see why Stockport are really, really kind of motoring at the moment and have been for some time. Um, and, you know, as a, for a club as big as ours, you know, in, in, in you know, why are we not kind of, relaying that why are we not engaging with supporters to basically get them excited about that because i think one of the things that bradford city fans get kind of tagged with all the times is that we're we you know we're impatient we don't give managers enough chance i i disagree with that i think that we do give them that opportunity we do support managers but the reality is is because there's no plan that's relayed by the club there's no there's no involvement for the supporters or anything to get behind other than will you buy these tickets, season tickets, will you you know, buy our shirts? We, and Bradford City fans will do that anyway. But I think it's coming to a head now because of there's no strategy. There's no The Mark Hughes sacking proved that there wasn't really a contingency in place. And so I think that frustration is starting to show pretty much across a big percentage of the fan base now. And for us as supporters, you know, these guys might be in the job for five, six, seven years. We're here for life. That that's that's it. We don't get to choose our our kind of allegiance. We're here for life. We have to sit there and take whatever's given to us. So what we're, I suppose, what we're wanting now is we want to try and unite fans where we can. We have, uh, and, and I speak for uh, the six of us at the moment involved in 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 this, uh, and we want more people to engage with us and 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 help us. But ultimately, the objective of this group is to represent supporters as best we can. We won't get everything right. We'll never tell any lies. And we definitely haven't got any egos. It's more so about how can we basically get, you know, the club to take supporters' constructive feedback seriously and action it. And a prime example of that is the freestanding. We've been waiting forever and a day for, you know, confirmation of freestanding. You know, Sparks gave a, a communication out to the public. We've heard nothing since. So where does it, you know, how long do we give the club to become accountable? And how long do we give the club to come up with a constructive plan, you know, that actually supporters across the board can get on board with and, and support and, and, and do things to help? Because I don't think there's any doubt that as a, as a fan base, when we, when we hit three o'clock on a, on a Saturday, 
everybody is wanting that that club to be successful. Everybody wants them to to win on field and win off field. So we've we've come into light light because we you know we we basically felt that now was the time to do so. Um, um we have no other agenda um, other than can we support the club? Uh, can we support? fans and can we identify an agenda uh, you know which we can feed back to the club and 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 challenge them with action points to report back to us as supporters i think the first and foremost is we do need a plan there's there's no doubt about it i think we've we've just kind of floated along on the back of you know 17 18000 kind of fan base um with really you know a mishmash of offering on the table from the club um so i might be wrong that's my own personal opinion but the fact is is that i think we have an opportunity as a fan base um to to really kind of build something real good close kind of um unit that actually is working for the benefit of its supporters uh, and ultimately will you know support in the club I think that's about it, unless there's any questions, but um, there's really nothing else other than that. We're not interested in... I don't want to bicker with anybody. Um, I I believe we're all fans. We have differing opinions. Those opinions should be, you know, respected. We might not agree with them, but it comes from a good heart in most cases. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's time now that we we try and get this club out of League Two and, and really getting into a position where... You know, where we should be, in my opinion. Can I just say, first of all, uh, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Second of all, I'd like to say that the way you speak about your opinions, and uh, I, I want to give you credit for the fact that you're not uh, taking your opinions as the, you know, sort of the be all and end all of it. You know, I mean, you're, you're open to other opinions, and that's what someone like yourself needs to do. Um, I would also like to say this is a bit of a reach. I don't know if you want me to email you or if you want to follow me back so we can talk on DMs at some point, but I, I really would love to get involved with what you're doing, um, speak to you about stuff like that, because I think your approach to solving the problems and sort of the uh, sort of the tension amongst the fans is exactly the same way that I view it. I've been, you know, seeing your tweets recently. You've been responding to everyone regardless of opinion. You've, you, uh, like you've just said now, you want to do something about it. You want the fans to have a voice. I want the fans to have a voice. I disagree with some of the fans. Yeah, some of the fans disagree with me. Yeah, but at the same time, we can't all sit and argue about it forever and ever. We need to. We need to not only sort of lay out right, these are the facts and these aren't the facts so that we can get people believing certain things. Not that that sounds really wrong. That sounds like I'm trying to influence people. But, you know, sort of if someone says, I don't know, I'm interested to learn more about the funding of the club, then we can find that out and sort of supply them with the details that they need. Stuff like that. I think that's kind of what we need at the moment and someone who can sort of bring clarity to the fans, not just about what a solution is, but how we can solve it and also... I think a massive, massive thing is we need to come together and work out what the problems are. That, that's yeah, what I, I think. I would, and I, I, go on. I'd agree agree with that. I think, you know, I was in two minds whether to do that poll today because, you know, there's some people who are in the middle. You know, I gave two options. 
but really the exercise there was I, I can't I see bit part comments on various different Twitter threads, you know, and I wanted to try and just identify because how can I build an agenda if I don't really know what the issue is? And to do that, you've got to understand both sides. Some people respect and support heavily Ryan Sparks right now, some people don't. But I think that some of this is of the club's own doing, if I'm being honest, because let's face it, the communication levels have significantly dipped. It's, you know, most of the communication that comes from the club now is to sell things or to give us you know, some nice content about the, the players. The video that they did today was really, really good. I enjoyed it. But ultimately, there is really no engagement from the club about, okay, these are the challenges that we have. This is our plan. Give us your feedback. You know, what do you want to see happen? And I think that that's part of the problem. But if we as a if we as an independent group start to then dismiss opinions or pick and choose the opinions that our supporters raise, then we're really no better than anybody else. We're just literally picking and choosing cherry picking the the things that are easy to answer rather than the difficult ones. You know, and I, I, I think that today's poll and the comments that have been made have been really interesting. I've learned a couple of things today which I didn't know, for one thing. And I think that's part of the problem, is because fans, you know, not everybody is religious on Twitter or Facebook, etc. And then sometimes they're not aware of these things. Um, and And so they vent their frustrations because they've not heard of anything or they're not up to speed. And I think... I think that's got to change. And I think as fans, we have a duty to try and make sure that happens as well, that we're kind of spreading, you know, the, the message that, that we're all united. We want to basically kind of, you know, see our club do well. These are the things that, 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 that there's a challenge. And the club needs to respond with, all right, guys, this is the plan. This is what we're going to try and do. This is a seven, eight, ten-year plan. And our objective then is to get back to championship or, or premiership football. So, you know, and some of that might seem like a pipe dream at the moment, but, you know, the reality is, is that we're spending half a million pounds on the ground. We've got maintenance issues all over the place, you know, and yeah, we, we, we don't know the effectiveness of the commercial deals that have been in place. We don't know whether they're contra deals or uh, cash deals that will support our budgets. Nobody knows. All we see is, well, we've got, um, we've got a new partner. Great. Fantastic. What benefit is that to Bradford City and will it help? This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Because, you know, kind of change our infrastructure or enhance our infrastructure and enhance match day experiences. Will it help our disabled fans gain better access to the, to the ground? Can we solve the problem behind the cop when we're basically letting people out? But these are all kind of really important to fans at the moment, as well as the on-field stuff, because that's important as well. But I, I just want it to be a group that there's no egos, there's no shiny kind of like you know roles like director of communication and because that's all a load of rubbish. Um, just a group of fans who love the club, who want what's best for it, but are prepared to basically kind of challenge constructively when we need to challenge. And uh, what we want to do is try and understand what actually fans want because. I know that people are upset, you know, with Rupp and you know, and, but he's a businessman. He's made an investment. He bought the the, the club, um, and fact is, he's decided that he doesn't want to be there every week. Fine, but Rupp out 
fair enough. But we need another buyer, and we need to basically kind of understand what his plans are for the club. And I don't think anybody knows at the moment. Would the you thing be is... free? Go on. Sorry. Would you would you be free, uh, Charlie and Steve? Would you be free on Tuesday about seven o'clock next Tuesday? Yeah, should be. Uh, we're, we're we're planning to run a space anyway, which we want just an open an open space so I can combine whatever you want to do but I kind of just want fans to be able to kind of voice their opinion without you know being disrespected or shot down um, but because that way the only way we- Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're going to basically be able to form an agenda of what we do moving forward is by understanding truly what fans want. And it can't be the self-agenda stuff, you know. It's got to be kind of like the bigger picture stuff that affects all fans and what they're they're unhappy about at the moment or what we need to address. That's my opinion. Uh, Can I just say, first of all, I'm not free Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or the weekend. So I don't know when you want to do it. I'd love to be there, but obviously don't break your back so I can be there. Do it when you want to do it. Um, And... Yeah, absolutely. I do think, um, uh, I don't know what to call you. I'll call you Steve because that's your name. Uh, Steve, I, I, I really, really do like the idea of a space. Um, that's that's something I've been thinking of for a while. And I think you should absolutely do it because we need, the, it, I've had enough of sort of, not the opinions because everyone's entitled to an opinion, but more so the fact that it always kicks off on my Twitter, on my timeline, it's always kicking off. There's always arguing about yeah. what the opinions are. I don't, I, I, well, I do, obviously I do to an extent care what the opinions are and as would anyone who has opposite opinions to me would care about my decision because ultimately we all want to agree. But I think we're at a point where that's not going to happen as it stands. Let's go, let's go try and sort of, find out what fans want to find out, establish what facts are, and then we can all sit and discuss on a space not only our opinions, but what the facts are with evidence of what the facts are. And then we can, you know, we we can do things about it because I'm going to, I'm not doing this to voice my opinion, but just as an example, I'm not up out and, um, I'm going to see everyone leave instantly now. No, um, I, I and that's just because of what I believe and how I believe sort of the club to work. And I, I like, you know, uh, people believe stuff about maybe he don't put enough money into the club. I don't think that's the case because of how financial fair play etc. works. But at the same time, 
an ex a good example there is why don't we do the digging and find out how the financial fair play works and why if i'm right that's the case and if i'm wrong then i can learn what the uh why that's not the case that's just an example using my opinion i think that's the sort of thing that you, um we we really should be doing as a fan base but obviously you as what as the figure here and sort of you you know you're gonna be sort of carrying something that's very big to the club at the moment and th that's just in my opinion I think we should all sit down and if someone's you know rup in someone's rup out establish what it is about rup and, and how he works with the club and how the funding works and it and stuff like that and then with Sparks for example I think that's a much more subjective thing because it's not like, did he give us money or is he allowed to give us money, stuff like that. But And that's why I think education might be a thing and that, that makes it sound like I'm trying to say people who have different opinions to me need educating. They don't. I could, I could be the one that needs educating. So I think interacting with the community and sort of doing stuff like this and providing a debate on a space, whenever that may be, would be a good way for everyone to discuss and get on good terms with each other because that's what we need. Because with so what you're saying there, Charlie, sorry, and uh, and Steve as well. Uh, some point when everybody's free, we'll just do a space. Uh, whoever can I'll record it or I'll do whatever, and like we could do roop in, roop out, have a discussion. People's opinions are, are off the chain, so it doesn't matter if. You roop in or roop out, and we just have a proper discussion about stuff. Yeah, I, th I think that's exactly what we need. We can have guests on, obviously, make sure everyone's respectful to each other's opinions. Um, but I think that's exactly what we need. You know, I, I just I think that's it. I, you know, when Pete, I hate seeing us all arguing on Twitter because not only does it annoy me, it's just like we don't need to be this hostile over opinions. We should use our opinions as a topic of discussion. And sort of, you know, that's that's how, that's how I feel. Anyway, I don't know about you, Steve. You got something you want to say, Diane Lovesre? Yeah, I I'm like with the parade. I hate it when I see people arguing on Twitter all the time about say rub out sparks out. It's all their fault and everything. It's not fair because you don't really want to see that. Like like they've been saying, we are all fans. We all support the same club. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but there's a documentary on on Amazon. And I think, oh, let me just get it back up again. Uh, I think it's called, what's it called? Our Club, and it's about Portsmouth Football Club. And it's about how bad state they're in and like the fans, like uh, fans groups come in and took over the club basically financed it and stuff like that. So if it's an hard one, because I know with Roop, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but we're watching like the documentary. I can't remember the other German guy, but he came in, obviously bought the club with him, but then the other guy left and then Roop basically got left with a burden. So it's, if, it's, it's like, like you're saying, it's like a business in here. He wants to keep... If he's keeping his he's keeping his baby in it really, but if yeah. people yeah. come in and offer want to take it, they'll come and take it. But like I've heard rumours at games and stuff where apparently there's three people want to buy City. Apparently there's some Bradfordians. I've heard 
Americans and I've heard like a Dutch feeder team or something going going on with the club. Yeah, I've heard about that. Can I can I just say about a reply that you've received to the um Yeah, go for it, bud. To the thing. Some guys just put I think we should just get behind the lads and clap harder. That's not his opinion. That's him just taking the piss out of me about my views. Uh, that's I, he's not even listening anymore. But I, like, I'm not a just get behind the lads and clap harder kind of guy. I'm not sort of sat here assuming and pretending that there's nothing wrong with the club. I at the start of the space, if this guy listens back, I ex- I expressed what I believe is wrong with the club. You know, I said I said. I think we need direction. I think we need maybe a bit more communication with fans, stuff like that. So to say that I'm just a happy clapper actually quite offends me. Uh, and this is an example of the problem. I, I'm starting an argument with a guy who's not even listening. So that's that's a, that's city fans for you. But um, it's like it's like I'm, I'm not yeah. out no excuses. People have got their opinions with the guy. I'm I'm fine with uh, crypto bantam saying that because he's not he's not getting arsy about my opinion and that's fine. And I, I put every, he puts his money into the club. Why shouldn't he be allowed to say what he wants? That's fine by me, but it's this it's just like dismissing other people's opinions is what annoys me. Uh, crypto. I, 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 go on, go on, I, Steve. I think for my final kind of piece now, cause I've spoke a lot is look, the common and dim, dom, denominator for all Bradford City fans is that we love the club. Because obviously you can follow sexier clubs than Bradford City, but if you're born in Bradford as I was, um, then it's my club and I won't follow any other club. Thick or thin. The reality is, is that there are problems at the moment and there have been problems for some time. Let's be honest. Even last season, when we were, you know, approaching the playoffs, there was there was you know dissent across the board. Really, I think right now we have an opportunity to try and build something, build you know uh, um, a movement of some type. I don't really like describing it as that, but you know something that actually kind of allows fans of differing opinions to get a point across their point, and for for our group with as many bits of help that we can from our fans um, to try and, you know, engage with the club to, to try and get them to take these points seriously and to try and basically get, you know, reply from them in terms of what they're going to do. If we don't, can we honestly say that, can we carry on as we are at the moment? Do you see success at this moment in time as a fan of our club based on the infrastructure that we currently have? Because I don't know if we, I don't know if we, 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 we do. I think, I think my my personal opinion on the infrastructure is just that, and, and I can totally understand the Sparks stuff because, you know, what what I say in my opinion, and I'm going to say why I'm wrong, as well, which might sound contradictory, but just listen before everyone cries about me. Um, I, I I think. If I was Sparks, the decisions he's made, I probably would have made those decisions. Um, and I, I think no fan complained with the decision at the time. But I guess what the situation is, is that ultimately those appointments haven't worked. And the man whose job it is to make sure those appointments work is Sparks. So I can that's why I can understand the Sparks criticism. Um, and, and another thing I'd criticise Sparks for is... 
maybe just not sticking with a manager. You know, I, I said this under the thread you put out, Steve. I said that, you know, when it came to it, I wanted Adams out and I wanted Hughes out. But at the same time, you've got to sit there and think maybe you've got to give a manager a little bit more time than we do as a club. And that's not to say we don't have a right to complain about results. Of course we do. We, we you know, I spent my money on going to, tr- you know, Tranmere away. You know, I went, I've yeah. been everywhere following City and watching us lose. And why, why don't I deserve, why don't we deserve, not just me, why don't the fan base deserve better? And I get that. So, but at the same time, thinking from a player perspective and sort of a, a grounded perspective, you know, is it bet? Would it have been better to, you know, keep certain managers in? Maybe if Sparks every now and then said, because Hughes, it did get, it did turn to shit. But maybe if Sparks gave him a bit of time, he could have turned it round, you know. And that's just a hypothetical. We don't know what could have happened. Like I said, I got to Hughes out before anyone misinterprets that. Um, and and I, I just believe that it can't be good for the players, and it can't be good for the the trajectory of the club to sort of stop and start and stop and start constantly. And I get that we've had poor managers, but for me, even though I agree with the sackings at times, does it feel like maybe sometimes we need to keep someone in, you know, it is hypothetical. So when we don't know what could have happened, we could have kept Hughes and gone down. We could have kept Adams and gone down. But at the same time, I hope that makes sense. I'm going to, cut myself off here because I'll, I'll just waffle on forever. But that's that's my thoughts on um, everything. So going, go. going back to what you were saying there, Charlie, it's like with Mark Hughes and stuff, I went to the Tramia game and Andy Cook came over. Everybody were clapping with Andy Cook and stuff like that. And then Mark Hughes came and it just turned. But with the club, I see where people are coming from. It's like I'm going to well, uh, go back to what Steve said earlier. So I've just got up the Bradford City supporters board meeting minutes, uh, for example, about the leaking roof. And where are we? Is that the one where they asked for a pool table in concourse? <laughs> yeah, that's the pool table, yeah. <laughs> so leaking roof in the cop is worse than this season. Some supporters had to move seats due to heavy rain. Response, the specific issue has been forwarded to chair to Paula Watson, Director of Operations, and the club who will contact the supporters who raised the issue directly. And then on about <laughs> more entertainment, pool tables, arcade machines in the stand concourse. Well, that'd be funny if it all kicked off, wouldn't it? Well, uh, can you imagine it? Space, uh, basically, space and supporters from the stadium are factors to consider. The pool tables will not be practical. Common sense is actually moved... But then, with the club, I think they need to go back. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but they need to go back to how they were in the past under, I think, when Mark Long were here. And they had, like, tickets for a pound and stuff like that. Fam- family oh, days. Oh, can, I, can I just say, um, uh, we take, sorry to cut you off. Go for we tickets. We tickets for a pound. Obviously, it's brilliant because we could just sell out the stadium, like, every match. But at the same time, a lot of our money... Um, does come from the fans, and that, that's where what I believe we rope. Um, the reason we have like 
I think the biggest problem for our our funding is the grounds being rented out, and obviously that needs doing something about. And there's a, there's an argument to be made that why if Rope wants the club to succeed, a step in that is cutting out the rent fees and just paying for the ground, and then we have a little bit less money to spend at the start of every season. Um, but like, if we we already have cheap tickets compared to a lot of teams, even in this league, and our money. Our revenue comes from that because I, I always use the Wrexham example. Wrexham make more money because they can get big sponsorship because they have a lot of eyes on them, what with the documentary and being internationally known and stuff. Um, that, that, so I get the stuff. And Mark Lorne, I was too young to know what Mark Lorne was up to, which is why I'm apologising for cutting you off because you were explaining that to me. Um, but with Rope... I, it's very much we decide how much the budget is each season, and and that's why I'm un, I'm a bit shaky. We rope out because obviously we could have some, you know, I don't know, exact Donald Trump could come and buy us, sure, and we'd be sorted forever. But at the same time, someone else could buy us, and it's sort of like for me, I don't know what people want. If anyone here, is, I don't, I don't know if, what you think about Rup, Steve. But if you want him out, speak to me about it. Uh, crypto, I can see you laughing. You're going to be putting something down there about it, so I'll read oh, that in a minute. Uh, Matty Pedder. Well, that sounds a bit of a dodgy name, but <laughs> Matt, uh, are you there, yes, Matt? I'm here. So, what do you want to chat about today, fella? So I just. I just caught the, the tail end then of the whole kind of rup out situation. Yep. And like the parader then, I'm very uneasy about the, the, the shouting for that. And there's a couple of reasons why. The, okay. the first one is, I think we're all forgetting a little bit that in his defence, he was duped into buying the club. Yeah, he was sold a yep. real dream by a charlatan, with the idea and the premise that he would have to stump up some money initially, and have very little input or investment, and would see a return on his investment as we grew throughout the leagues. And I think on that, he gets a very hard kind of pushback. From some of our fans, um, these are the you know the same people that were also um, conned by Ratich, a Julian Rhodes and Mark Lawn. I think they get off very very easily with their involvement in that deal. And Rupp has you know has been very open and honest in the sense that he, he don't want to put any money in. He, he put some money into to, to save us during COVID, etc. But the idea is is to be sustainable and I was yeah. listening to uh, a podcast The Hard Truth with uh, the Peterborough chairman and he talked about he talked very open and honestly about how we could publicly put our club up for sale should Rupp want to um, but the whole Wagme deal as well I think goes under the radar Wagme offered uh, Rupp and the club well in excess of what the club is worth and what the club is valued um, and Rupp decided to turn that down. Rupp could have quite easily sailed off into the sunset with a truckload of money very easily 
And he decided to turn that down because he didn't believe that those people, Wagme, would be able to to look after our club. Mm. And I think we're very quick to to pull him down for not investing. But he hasn't done anything that, that he wasn't prepared to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like with Wagme and Crowley, looking at the current league table, under their ownership, they're 14th in the league. And we're 16th. Yes, we are. But I also think that's that's probably more to do with uh, the manager that they got in. You know, let's let's pick no bones about it in in terms of the the ownership and the stewardship of, of, of Spark. Which again, I'm not somebody that's a Sparks out fan. That's a different conversation. I don't think there's many people, or if they are, they would probably be in the minority. And again, I'm I'm, I'm open to having that conversation. But we brought we brought in under under Sparks two managers, which on paper were very good appointments. Mm-mm. They had very good budgets. They failed as managers to get the best out of the team. You know, Hughes last season, we were in probably a bit of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, probably a bit of a false position, really, with the performances that we put on the pitch because of uh, the exploits of both Cook and, and Lewis. And then for some reason, rather than just making some subtle amendments, he wanted to rip up this idea and go with a a, a, a three five two or a five at the back, which you know there is precedent for for teams being successful playing that and getting out of League Two. Mm-hmm. And then you know a lot of the fans obviously were were, were against that. We, we've seen the the turmoil that that's created in kind of this un, unbalanced squad, this bloated squad, as, as Graham Alexander's talk, talked about. And and again, I think that Sparks there gets some kind of undue, in my opinion, some undue kind of venom because he allowed it to happen. But at the same time, we'd have all been up in arms if we'd have known that Sparks were saying, no, you can't have this player, no, you can't do that, and getting involved, just like they did with Jeffrey Richmond. So I think actually, you know, for, for somebody that's, that's come in, we're commercially better off than we have been for a long time. There's lots of stuff going well for the club, you know, and, and, and my final point, because I appreciate I've, I've spoke quite a bit. People, I think, forget about Julian Rhodes and Mark Lawn and, and whatnot and how many managers, you know, the Rhodes family actually went through before we got lucky with Parkinson. Hmm. So going back to your point about uh, Ryan Sparks. Yes. Uh, I think looking on Google, he got pointed in 2018, roughly. So in charge, we had, uh, oh, between 2016 and 18, we had Stuart McCall. Yes. 2018, we had Simon Grayson. 2018, we had Michael Collins, head coach. 2018-19, Hopkins. 2019-20, Gary Bowyer. 2020, Stuart McCall. 2020, Mark Truman, 2021, Truman and Seller. It's like a boy band, isn't it? <laughs> 2021, Truman and Seller again. Uh, 21, 22, the guy you could not get a better manager, Derek Adams. 2022, Mark Truman. 2022, 2023, Mark Hughes. I've got a painting for sale if anyone wants to buy that. <laughs> uh, 2023. I'll put it on my dartboard. 
Yeah, put it on your dartboard. 30 quid for you, oh, well, Matrix. Oh, thanks. Kevin McDonald, 2023, and then Mark Truman, 2023, and then Graham Alexander, 23, to present. So, going back to your point again about managers, but and also I'm going to add staff members. Yep. Since, I think, like, staff members, I reckon they've been... Do you reckon they've been changed quite a bit since managers have taken over? It's like Mark Truman's like being round like a bad smell. Yeah. So, well, hang on. Let's let's just go back to how you started that conversation because you mentioned. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask? Can I ask you a question as well? Wait, I'll wait until after. Yeah, no, um, You started that by saying Sparks has been here since X time. He actually only took yep. over the season that he, when when McCall was sacked and Truman. So that's the only period he's been in charge of managers. Stuart, so, so Stuart we was... 2018-19 then, were it? No, or 2018. No, was wasn't it? Because it was the COVID year when we sacked McCall, wasn't it? Is that when, is that when he came in, 2020? Sparks. I thought it was 2018. As, yeah. as, so, he, so, so Sparks took over the season that got curtailed by uh, COVID because his first announcement was offering Stuart McCall an extended contract and then very quickly... Okay. Got rid of him, and there is some there is some stuff behind the scenes with all that that people can't talk about. Then he appointed Truman and Sellers uh, in interim position until a new manager could be found. And by sheer luck, Matt Truman and Sellers did really really well. But towards the end of the season, then we we found out that that they weren't going to take us forward. Uh, so he relieved them of their duties, but they were they were a very shrewd appointment in one sense because of the, the cost initiative a, a, around all that. And then he brought mm. in Adams, and Adams on paper was an unbelievable signing. You know, experience in this league just got more and promoted. Uh, we bought him out of his contract, and he came. Um, we also had Turnbull at that time, which as a club we decided to go in one direction. But Adams, given his history, given his experience, given his uh, his kind of profile, said that's not what I want. I want to be in control, blah, 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 blah. So we turned our back on Turnbull. It didn't work out under Adams. We had to, and then we, we brought Mark Hughes in. Um, and that, that's where we are at the minute. So people talk about the, the managers. I'm not sure, you know, Conor Tellers and Mark Truman, nobody saw them doing really well that first time. Although after the Newport game, the results quickly declined. But we weren't in fear of being relegated. So there was no point making an immediate reaction there. Wait till the summer, bring somebody in. Which is why we got Adams. Can I just ask a, a double-barrelled question? Of course. So... <laughs> so First of all, everything you said is 100% right down to the detail what I believe because it's, and I am going to get opinionated here, I've tried not to be, but <laughs> because one, it's based on fact yep. and it's not subjective and two, um, I, well, I just agree with it. Um, right, and then my, my questions for you is, I think personally, I believe that what the the one thing the club needs is an identity and a plan. And I spoke about this earlier, so sorry for the people that have been in here a while because it's going to feel like a broken record a bit. But I think we need an identity and a plan, and there might be one privately, but I think it would reassure a lot of fans to know that we had one. 
but for me, sacking and sacking and hiring, hiring and firing, um, isn't isn't the best way to do things. And it, but more importantly, it's not a sign that we have a plan, and it's not a sign that we know what we're going to do. Um, and regardless of what you thought about managers, I think we can all agree that hiring and firing is not the answer. And even if you know Alexander could lose his first two, three games, whatever. Is that a sight? If we sacked him, it doesn't represent him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just an example. Obviously, if we were bottom at league at Christmas, he'd be gone. But, you know, it, what, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't fill me with confidence that as soon as form turns and the fans turn, that's it for a manager. That's exactly what it is all the time. And I feel like to me, it doesn't, it doesn't shout. One, it doesn't shout that Sparks has bollocks, which, you know, I do like Sparks, so don't take that wrong. But it, it it's not a good look for a guy that's under yeah. criticism to sort of do that. Well, so I was I, I was wondering, first of all, what's what's your would you agree with that revision and what I've said about hiring and firing? And uh, in fact, no, that's it. I was going to ask about <laughs> hiring and firing separately, but it sort of goes nicely into one question. So. Um, there you go. So, thank you for the question. So this is about kind of, do I agree with that vision that we haven't, that we don't seemingly have a vision to kind of put out to our, uh, to our fan base. Uh, and also that do you, if, if you do agree with me or whatever, do you think we need one? Do you think that's the problem at hand? Okay. Um, but, so, so firstly, thank you for recognizing that, uh, that I, I speak about facts and, 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 you know, and I, I try very hard to stick to the truth. I take a lot of emotion out of it. You know, it'd be very easy as a fan to get carried away. And I'd like to go on record to say as well, I wasn't a fan of getting rid of Mark Hughes. You know, I don't agree with hiring and firing managers. And I think it's very hard to build a vision and build a plan if you are hiring and firing managers. Yeah, so I agree with that. What I would say, though, in and this is where probably a lot of fans will turn, turn against me, I would imagine, or maybe say some stuff. But I think... As a fan base, you know, that word toxicity has been spread around previously. But as a fan base, we have to take an awful lot of responsibility for that hiring and firing culture. And the, and the reason I say that, and there might be some shocked faces, but the reason I say that is because our club, as it is at the minute, in the hands that it is at the minute with, with Rupp, for example, is based on sustainability. Is based on this idea Absolutely. that we sell a lot of season tickets. If Sparks had have stuck with Mark Hughes and didn't make a change, you can already see on the likes of this platform and on Facebook and so on and so forth, the amount of people saying, oh, I'm not going to sign up next year. And what they don't realise is, if we don't sell the season tickets in the volumes that we currently sell them at, at the ridiculously low price they're already priced at, we don't get out of League 2. So 100%, 100%. So when we're talking about vision and an identity... Yes, it's great to have a clear idea of how we want to play. You know, that's the reason that uh, Graham Alexander was, according to his records and, and the, the, the information that I've read about him, is the reason he was removed very quickly from MK Dons because as a club, MK Dons went, we want to play in this particular way and he wanted to play in a way that just got results. And I know it went a little bit wrong for him, but that again, that's not a representation on him given his experience and his history elsewhere. Yeah. 
where where we are failing massively as a club is that we're in League Two, and we have a stone around our neck, which is the cost for the stadium. And I've, I've got some information around the kind of the idea around the, the stadium. If I'm, if people ever want to hear that, I'm happy to share it. Um, and until we get out of League Two, we can't really stamp a, a vision and an authority because we don't have the. You know, the longer we're in League Two, the more we're going to suffer. And the the quicker fans are to get on people's backs because it's not going the way that it's going, the knee-jerk reaction is going to come. Do I think we'd have got relegated under Hughes this season? No. Do I think the way he was performing would have got us into the playoffs and things like that? No, I, no, I don't this season, but there was clear signs that he'd realised the formation at the back hadn't worked. But by that time, I think it was too late. So, you know, it's a bit of a limbo. Should he have gone? Should he have not have gone? But I think the reason... Sparks made the decision to remove him is because you saw the toxicity from the fans, the booing and all that kind of stuff. And these are the yeah. people that that pay our players' budget. So on about the, like you're saying there, about the fans booing and stuff, it's like everyone here pays yes. their well-earned cash in the words to be entertained and going to games and like playing negative football, passing round the back, it's just boring the hell out. And <laughs> the annoying and just passing round from the back and not attacking and just yeah, you you go and score. Yeah, yeah you oh well done, you've scored. So, but then Mark Hughes goes, the chains come off, and the team are completely I different. No, I, and I totally agree with that. What I would say is, you know, under Parkinson, it was horrible to watch. It went to it, we passed it two or three times. It went to McCardle and he hoofed it up front. So you know there is there is an argument for different styles, and I don't know about any other fan. I want to win. I want to I, I want to win and mm. get. And if we win every game, yeah, we're nil. Ab- absolutely. And you can't you can't please every no. fan with when it comes to play style either. But, but I just think that you know we can't really we're not we're not financially in a position where we can af- where we can afford to have a clear vision if that makes sense I, you know Sparks has come out a couple of times you know beginning of the season he said you know we want to be attacking more we want to be doing this and, and and we all say they all say the right things it's like that old that age old sentence by Mike Tyson right everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face you know Sparks and, and the club had a vision to play attack, attacking football to play exciting football and then Hughes doesn't play that because he's the manager and Sparks doesn't get involved you know telling him how you should play, you should play this because if he if that got out, the fans would be even worse at him going leave. You know what do you know about management? I've already seen people saying, you know what do you know about running a football club? It's it, it, you know we're so quick to pull the knives out on a guy that is basically single handedly keeping our club ticking along until somebody comes in and offers us money that and, and can invest in us and and, and move us forward. So and, and from, so, go on. Sorry. So Sam uh, has just tweeted us, uh, until we get to League One, brackets if, I am not asked about the football as long as we get a win. But if we play shit football and don't get a result, that's, is the, that is the yeah, problem. Because think, think about this, right? I, I don't know the exact figures, right? So, uh, But I'll be really simple with the mathematics, right? We pay a million pounds, say, for example, per year to, to rent the stadium. Right, 
and I know that's that's not right, but let's just go with that simple maths. In mm-hmm. in League Two, let's say for example, from the from the FA we get a million quid. So we're on zero foot in there because that million quid that we get helps to pay the for the for the ground, right? And then all the season tickets goes towards a playing budget. If we get into League One, the money that we get from the FA increases. So all of a sudden we're better off financially, which means we're then in a better position to to pay for better players to to have a, a strategy. Does that make sense? Get, get, I, I get getting out of League Two yeah. it is the be all and end all for our club. We, we our history shows that we've we've spent more time in League Two and League One than anywhere else, right? But we can all agree that with the fans that we've got, the size that we've got, we should be a Championship club. But I also think as well. You know those figures about how you know we talk about how great our fan base is and the numbers that turn up. You know, if you added an extra fifty quid to each season ticket at the same numbers, we'd be we'd be even better, right? We'd have more money, we'd be laughing. But I would I would I would put my mortgage against the majority of the people that buy a season ticket. If it went up even more, would complain and not get a season ticket. So, you know. On about the finances, yeah. I've just bung it on Google and it's actually come up with the Bradford City, like the main page. So this is 2021 to 2022 accounts review. This is on the official Bradford City website. Uh, we've had 6.8 million operation income, 0.5 transfer income, 7.3 total income, 2.9 million first team players and management, and yada, yada, yada. But like further down, it's on about COVID and basically paying Derek Adams out. Uh, where are we? We've got out. two managers to pay out. Well, not two managers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure how. And he won't have been cheap. Yes, I'm not sure how up to date the Adams figures will be because you pay him out until he gets another job, and he got into a job very quickly. All ah, right. Yeah. Whereas Hughes, I, I can't imagine he's going to manage ever again. Right. So. We have, we have that to pay. However, that's dressed up, and it won't be over. It won't be one thing. Two nine nine zero 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 was significantly. I can't even pronounce that word. By the departure of first team manager Derek Adams in February, so that's nearly three hundred, three hundred yeah. grand or three hundred. Yeah, we paid out to Derek Adams. Yeah. So, um, Matt, again. Everything you've said, I can get behind because you speak on fact, like I've said. Um, and you've spoke about what the fans could do to sort of improve things, or how a fan, sort of a fan focused way. Not necessarily how that's the best solution, but you know, what I mean, you've said how increasing prices would would help and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or how the fans fund it. Blah 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 blah. Um, that makes it sound like I'm calling you boring when I say blah, 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 but you know what I mean. Um, so do you think there's anything from a club side that the club could do better? Or maybe Sparks or Rupp? What do you think could be improved on the club side, not the fan side? Oh, the, 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 there's a lot. Um, Go on then. So so I'm, I'm <laughs> not somebody that is able to, through, through work and family commitments, I'm not able to... Uh, to make away games. Um, and yeah. I know that there's often this big hoo-ha about loyalty points and how that works, etc. 
Um, one of the things I would advocate for, and, and again, you know, this is a very kind of high level. I've not looked into the, the numbers specifically, but I would almost create another season ticket for away fans so that you pay, I don't know, maybe 30 quid for a year to to be the first person to get a season a season ticket for an away game. It's not about loyalty points because those people that often go to the away games would probably, if they knew there was a way to guarantee a ticket almost, or be certainly get first refusal, would probably pay that difference rather than having to worry about, oh, I'm going to three away games, so I only get three points or something like that. Does that make sense? They did it in the past though, Matt, where the, you paid 30, 40 quid or whatever it was for... It was 50 quid from memory. It was like an exclusive travel pass or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used and to then, that. You would basically Salford tickets would sell out in space of like two minutes. You would have to be quick. On I would also so this is the other thing as well. I would also limit tickets to one per person. I think you know, um, and again, you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, appease everybody, right? But I would imagine most people that go to away games go with their friends, so or yeah. family. So if you if you all had a unique season ticket number for away travel, for example, and you were able to give those numbers, then each ticket would be attributed to that season ticket number. So you're not you're not falling into a case where somebody just turns up and goes, "I want twenty tickets," for example, and then tries to resell them. You've got you've got mm. actual analytics, you've got actual data attributed to who's bought those tickets. It would also then help with uh, the the seeming problems that we have with uh, the younger generation at the moment who are causing problems that we end up being fined for because the ticket you've got yeah. in your hand as a as a digital code and that's attributed to that, to that ticket. I think the problem though with it would be, bud, is if like uh, like Torchy and stuff like that, Bingley Bantam, Shipley, uh, Shipley Bantams and all them lot, they'll probably find a fault with it where Say they try to fill a coach up, and say you can't get a ticket for that game, for example, but you want to go on the coach, you can't go to the game. Uh, if that makes sense, where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so again, you know, there would be some leading to with that because you know, let's if if we're going to be you know really honest about things, right? Everybody knows what away games are happening at the beginning of the season, so it's not like an away game is sprung on people. So with a little bit of planning, a little bit of foresight, you could probably work it with a group like Bingley Bantams, if that makes sense. You could probably work out that. Yeah, it's like with... Oh, has he muted himself? With that, though, it's like, for example, um, what game can I think of? I can't remember what game it was, but like a game in the past where the tickets have gone live like a week before because there's been an absolute balls up from like whoever sent them out. Hmm? Was it Carlisle? Can't remember what game it was. There were proper balls up with it and it happens like all the time though, stuff like that. But like but, we've we've met on about away travelling stuff. It's like there's some teams now, uh I'm gonna go I think is it Stockport not Stockport uh, Sutton and AFC Wimbledon, they do like uh, QR codes, and I thought it would be easy if, like, most of the teams like would do a QR code or 
20 is plenty for away tickets. Well, no, I think that the reason we're talking about away tickets, though, is is purely because we could an away season ticket could fund the yeah. club, and it's it's a way for fans who want to fund the club more, and it, it doesn't necessarily take away for those who can't. But like for me, I go to every away day that I'm available for. Mm. I would a hundred percent buy that, and it's extra money for the club. Sorry to interrupt, because you know, yeah. there's a couple of things to pick apart there, right? What somebody put on here is probably better addressed to tell me to tell me this. What is the highest away following we can take somewhere? Like, what's the highest number of tickets we could get for an away game? It it, it depends on where you're going. You see, I'd, I'd say on average, probably it, it changes depending on the club and how much they want to give us. But you know, you. Sometimes fifteen hundred, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, so, yeah. So sometimes two thousand if you're very, very, you know, lucky. So, so you probably say, right? You would have to, as a club, again, not everybody's going to be happy, but you'd have to limit the number of these away season tickets that you could offer because you can't sell another eighteen thousand of them because then you're back to square one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a way to kind of offer them out as an early bird to certain people based on the current loyalty factor. Do you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't just open it up to all fans to buy this uh, away season ticket loyalty scheme because I might go and buy one and be able to buy it really quickly and I've never had a away ticket in my life, for example, whereas you've just mentioned there you try to go to lots. So based on loyalty points, you would offer it to certain people firstly and then... You know, you cascade that down until, say, I don't know, a maximum of, of, of seventeen hundred uh, are sold. Then you, then what you're doing is you're limiting the competition for a ticket. So you, you suddenly you're up up against fifteen hundred people to be able to buy one ticket, as opposed to up, up against the eighteen thousand that could try and get a ticket based on loyalty points or whatever. So the, there's the, there's potential legs in that. The the other thing, uh, cup games. Rather than cup games going on sale, there should be a very specific, you know, let's just say, for example, the, the, the Wickham game. You know that when, when that cup game is, right? So you could sell yeah. you, you could sell to season tickets in advance. So people who have a season ticket could have their own seat. And you could, you could offer that as a solely, people with season tickets have got, I don't know, three days to buy a ticket. But you can only buy a ticket for your own, for your own seat, right? And then, because I've got a season ticket, I, I sit two rows behind the dugout, bang on the out, halfway line. I love my seat. It's unbelievable. If it's a cup game, though, if I'm going to Valley Parade, I want to sit in my seat. But if that goes really quickly, I'm a bit put out then. I'm like, oh, I've got to sit you know, somewhere different. But if I've got three days to purchase that seat, for example, well, if, if I don't purchase it within those three days and then it goes... I can't really complain. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep, yep. I think I think so. I think that's a very simple sorry. simple thing that they could roll out. That would. I mean, we're we're only in one, one cup at the minute, but for next season, for example, that's something you could roll out very easily. That's not a cost to the club, but can show some kind of uh, commitment to the to the fans that want to sit in their own seats. Apart from people in Midland Road or the cop, if they're not opening those, and which I appreciate, then it becomes a little bit of a. But then, then those people that are having to be relocated should at least get the second wave. So, for example, the main stand, I should get three days or two days or whatever to purchase my seat. If 
we're at a cup game where, say, for example, they're not opening the cop or they're not opening Midland Road and those people have got to logistically move out of their seats. They should get then two days to find an alternative suit seat and then it should be opened up to the masses. That would be something very simple that you could roll out that would make that whole process a little bit easier to swallow. Yep. Have you got anything, Steve? Sorry, I know you've had your hand up for a while. Have you got any thoughts on Steve? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I was just saying I have to go, and I just wanted to thank you for um, the opportunity to speak, guys, and, and thanks to people for listening. Um, I'm sorry to cut and run. Unfortunately, I've got um, I'm going to have some dinner now. Um, so um, thanks very much. If uh, anybody has any questions, you know, please get in touch. Uh, we're not um, uh, we're, we're open to kind of all ideas, um, and just keep watching um, out for the space. And uh, if you do want to do a, a joint space, uh, then let us know. Um, Steve, could you drop me a follow back? Because I can't DM you since I'm not. Uh, yeah, I will do in a second, mate. Now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, so thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for listening. Thank you. So on on that, Steve, uh, me and uh, Charlie and probably a couple of other people will organise something when everybody's free, and we'll go from there, mate. If that's okay. okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. And, Cheers, and let's get a win tomorrow, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Up the chicken. Up the chicken. <laughs> on that, I'm, I, I'm probably going to have to leave as well because I've got I've got some other meetings to, to kind of take take part in. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd like to thank everybody for kind of giving me some time to speak. I've, I've been quite vocal on, on Twitter recently, especially on, you know on asking people questions against their opinions, which I'm all for free speech, but I like things to be backed up with kind of rational thought and, and yeah. facts. I mean, yeah. before I dip out, if anybody else has another question for me, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer. Or... I want um, to say thank, th well, uh, thanks for coming, Matt. And uh, we're going to have, like, me and Diane and a couple of them and uh, Charlie, a.k.a. Parade, and my friend Callie and Stan. We normally do, like, pre and, pre and post-Matt chats. So we're always welcoming people to come and join us and stuff and just have a chat and just have a discussion. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to say, uh, is there anything else you'd think? Because obviously we went on a tangent about away season tickets <laughs> rather than stuff that had sort of helped the club. So if there's any like last point you could squeeze in on, on, on how the club could do things to help the club. Um, what I'd like to do is is actually give it a little bit more thought. There, there are there are a number of things, but I think yeah. if I was just to blurt them out now, they'd, they'd, they'd come across as a bit wishy-washy and I don't think they'd do anybody any justice, but I definitely have some some ideas that I think would, would benefit on on both sides. All right. For, uh, I just want to say as well, you, you speak really well. Uh, you're on my side at arguments, so that's good for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, cheers for coming on, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. Thank you. Diane, Diane love you. You've got your hand up in the corner there. Yeah, I've been sat here waiting patiently. <laughs> I'm a woman. I don't push it. No, I was just going to say I was going to grieve, grieve him about the seats, like the cup games and everything. But luckily, when the Wickham tickets went on sale, I got my seat. I made sure nobody could get it straight away. Right. So, yeah. I know we've uh, waffled on very much. Uh, so, my favourite part. What's the score going to be tomorrow? Diane? Oh, I'm going to say 2-1. Parada, Charlotte? I'm going to say 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil win. Have you noticed I've not got faith in Harry? Yeah, he's not faith in Harry. I think it's going to be 1-0 City. And on that note, 
wherever you are in the world good morning good afternoon good evening good night thank you everybody for joining oh scrapman thinks it's going to be finished 2 0 bradford uh you can follow this podcast on apple music spotify and even we're, we're going global iHeartRadio. Wow. Uh, also you can get us on bradford city up the chickens on facebook uh possibly we're in discussion we might do a space tomorrow about half well, i think it, i think i say it for half five thank you for listening everybody good night night Bye. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.